Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. We've been talking uh, the last few weeks about Elijah. Elijah is a Old Testament prophet but he has a lot of New Testament implications. And so the reason we talk about him is because before Jesus came, John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. James talks about, when he talks about prayer and the power of prayer, he he references Elijah. He says, Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed and he answered. And I just have to say, um, since I just mentioned prayer, we just finished 21 days of prayer. I had somebody come up to me this morning, and she said, you know, this was... Uh, probably the most impactful 21 days uh, of prayer that she's ever had and that God just did a lot in her life and um, she's going to probably share that story in a few weeks. We had somebody be able to share the gospel with a friend. We filled out some prayer cards and they put their friend's name and as we were praying for that friend, they got to share with that friend and give them a Bible. We had somebody check themselves into rehab and um, we had somebody get a report that they are cancer-free. All right? Um, and then uh, my dad said, man, Chris, this prayer is working because you're kind of nice again. And so, <laughs> so praise God for that. You know, but um, it is good to, to spend time in prayer. We'll do another one in January. Um, and we, we love for everybody to participate, and, and it is good to pray. It is good to have a church that prays, but, but we do have people that will pray, and so there are prayer cards in the back. If you do have a prayer request, um, we're going to continue to pray for them, and so if you have anything that you uh, would like to pray for, we're happy to do that. But now let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're going to continue talking about Elijah, and while you are flipping there or clicking however you get over there, Um, We're going to go to, let's say, verse 19 is where we'll start. So 1 Kings 19, 19, I'm going to pray. Lord, I consider it an honor, a privilege, and a huge responsibility to share your word. God, your word is spirit and is life. And Lord, I pray that the same spirit that inspired this word would give us revelation now. That we would understand, that we would grow in the knowledge of you and, and just be transformed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A little background, if you haven't been here, Elijah was confronting a very wicked king named Ahab. This guy was the worst, and his wife was just as bad, if not worse. They were leading the nation into pagan idolatry. Elijah, um, you know, basically went up on a mountain, and they said, all right, if your false god is real, uh, let's put him to the test. And so they went up on a mountain, they, they put the Lord to the test, and a false god to the test, and of course, the Lord won. Then Elijah kind of seems like he goes into some depression. He's, he's, he's up on a mountain, he's him, and he goes and he meets with the Lord, and the times, um, sometimes fe- even though feelings are real, um, you know, we have to bring them to the Lord, and we have to remember there is a purpose in our lives. And in, in one of the things he said, he said, go and find another guy. And so this is going to be a little bit confusing because we're going to talk about Elijah and Elisha today. All right. My nephew is named Elisha, 
I forever call him Elijah. So if I do that today, um, forgive me, but we're talking about two separate people. It says, so he went, he departed, verse 19, um, after his encounter with the Lord, um, and he was supposed to find this man, Elisha. The Lord had said that, that he would be the prophet after him. So he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. So there's not a lot of words in this scripture, but there's a lot of meaning. So this man, Elisha, the one Elijah was looking for, the one that he was going to call and say, Elisha, you're going to be the next prophet. Come and follow me. Um, There's some things we can learn about him. Number one is he had 12 yoke of oxen. Those animals are big. They're huge. If you're plowing a field with 12 oaks, I don't, uh, yokes of oxen, it's probably not an acre. All right, it was probably a big field, and it, and it was most likely not him alone. He probably had a team of people working for him. It was his father's field, and so you, you can learn a little bit about the fact that, that God was going to call him through Elijah, and it was about to be a sacrifice, See, often when God calls us somewhere, it's, it's when things are going well. My wife and I, when we moved here um, in 2015 to start this church, we weren't running away from stuff. In fact, we had a great ministry where we were at. We had started a satellite, all right? We were reaching people. It, was, it wasn't per- like. It was fun, and it was good, and I knew we were where God wanted us. I had a job that was, like, good. I was an assistant principal. And, in fact, when, I, when, we, when we went to leave and we finally knew that God had called us here to South Carolina, um, I went in to resign, and I, I went in there, and I said, Hey, I just want you guys to know I'm, this is what I was going to say. I'm not coming back. But I walked in there into the human resources the superintendent saw me said, Chris, I'm glad you're here. Guess what? I want you to be the principal of this next big school we're opening up. And I was like, well, actually, I'm moving somewhere that I don't have a job, that I don't have anything ready to go. Because God called me. And so that's kind of what's happening with Elisha. Things were good. He was successful. All was well. It says, but Elijah passed by him, and he cast his cloak on him. That's very symbolic. It's, it's, it's his mantle. It's kind of saying, you're going to follow after me and, and do what I am doing. Verse 20, it says, he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. He, he knew what that meant. He was willing to leave the good situation he was in to go after that something that God was calling him to. But he says, it was a huge, a huge life change. His business, his family, he was stepping away from that. And I think you'll find very often God calls you when things are good. And he calls you to something that he wants you to do. And Elijah you know, he, he's not the most gentle guy in the world. He says, all right, go back again. What have I done to you? And what's interesting is because 
Um, even though God often calls through people like, like if I, like it has to be a call that you're hearing from the Lord. Like if I invite you into ministry, if Chris does, because I'll do that. Like I look at Kevin and I see, like I, one day you're going to hear the testimony from this couple and you're going to hear just all the great things that God has done. But I'm going to tell you the testimony of what God's pulled them out of I think it's going to be nothing compared to what God does with them. Like, it's going to, there's, there's yes, we came out of this, but, but God has been doing great things. She, she's currently working right now on getting into the jails and being able to minister to people that are in there. And, like, there, there's a lot of good stuff coming, but you have to know that that's not me. Or that's not a person calling you. You have to know, you have to know what God is calling you to do. And in fact, I didn't even give her that idea. That was something that she prayed about and she talked with me about it. And, and I'm excited to see what that happens. But you'll, you'll see from Kevin and Joanne, I think, some good stuff. But I think God has good stuff for all of us. There's a calling. There, there's a, you know, Ephesians says that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of our works, so we can't boast. But yet there's these good works that God has for us that God created, that God established. And so what does Elisha do? He, or Elisha, he goes and he oxen. I gotta imagine her incredibly expensive animals. And he sacrifices them. He offers them to the Lord. He boils their flesh with the yokes of the oxen. So not only is he is he burning the oxen but doing things by hand and shave it and, and make sure it's going to last? So th- there, there was a cost. And there's always a cost in following Christ. But he took it. He burned it. But then he gave it to the people and they ate. Because really it's, it's the sacrifices that we make for the Lord that is always about kind of how God wants us to to bless others and to reach others. And so it started there like, hey, this is a good day. Yes, it might look like I've lost my mind. I'm losing my business. I'm, I'm burning my oxen. I'm burning even the yokes. But I'm celebrating now because God has called me to something greater. And this idea of, of discipleship, this idea of God using a person to, to influence another one's life, to, to help that person reach the goal that God has, like that's all throughout Scripture. In Matthew 28, the last few verses, it says, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That word, the, the most similar word we can find in English would be kind of almost like an apprentice. And if you think about Jesus' disciples, they, they learned from him how to serve God, how to follow God, how to, how to minister. They learned from, from Jesus himself. And, and I want to I look at some of Jesus' disciples. And so let's go to John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, John... It says the next day, John, and this is so interesting. 
This is John the Baptist, the one who came in the spirit of Elijah. He was standing with two of his disciples. See, we should always be calling people to follow us as much as we follow Christ. So you only follow me in the ways I'm following Jesus. You should only follow any human in the ways they're following Jesus. But, but John was there with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he... See how John is working with his disciples and how we should work with anybody that is people we're reaching. We should all be reaching someone. And John is doing exactly right. He's saying, hey, I know you've been following me, but the goal is him. That's who I came to prepare the way for. So look at him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In verse 37, it says, The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Like, you know you've done right in reaching people and helping them grow in their faith when they are following Jesus. If you're following me, I've failed. I've failed horribly. But if you're following Christ, then that's a win for me. And I hope you, you, you look at relationships the same way. Isn't that amazing? Like, think about John. Those are his disciples. Those are the people that he poured into. Those are the people that he's been training up. Like, it's good to have your people that you can count on. And he was just like, no, go. That's the lamb. Go. Follow him. If we look, um, there's, there's some more things in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Verse 1, let's put that on the screen. And this is, this is the New Testament. Um, this is what it means to make disciples. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This was the Apostle Paul. That is what we should be doing with people in our lives. Like, as much as I imitate Christ, as much as I follow Christ, I want you to follow me into that. But I should be doing that with people in our church and with people in my life. But you should be doing that with people in your life. Like, we should all be calling people to follow Jesus. And, 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 and in a sense, we're saying, well, follow me as much as I follow Christ. Like, that is the goal. I want, I want to go to one more um, verse in the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. So we looked at John's disciples. We've talked about Jesus' call for disciples. And in 2 Timothy 3.10, this is Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, talking to Timothy, his disciple or his, his guy. And just look what he says about this. However, you have followed my teaching. The teaching was about Christ. You have followed my conduct. The conduct was about serving Christ. You have followed my aim. Paul's aim was to know Christ. My faith 
Paul's faith was to trust Christ. His patience, his patience was with people that he's trying to lead to Christ. Read the letters of Paul. They were messed up. My love, his love for Christ and his love for people, his steadfastness, the fact that Paul wasn't going to leave, he wasn't going to move, he wasn't going to give up. And then verse 11 talks about his persecutions and his sufferings. But you see, that, that, that's a picture of a discipleship relationship. And I hope you have somebody in your life that you can look up to. I've had men in my life that I've looked up to, that I've learned from. But it's funny, with each of them, there's come a point where I've learned a lot, but ultimately I'm following Christ. Have that. People that you can look up to, that you can learn a lot from, that you can grow. I think of a few guys in my life, and I, it's not all about me, but my first youth pastor, and he had a heart for the Lord and evangelism. And it was funny because he would take me out and, and preach the gospel in Miami on the streets. And next year, I was taking whole groups of teenagers out to preach the gospel on the streets. Um, my first pastor, he, he, he taught me a lot about building leaders and, and allowing people to reach their calling. And, like, I, I want that. I want you to reach your calling. I'm not just building my kingdom. Like, you have a calling, and it's my job to help you to reach that. Another guy I had, Andy, in Virginia Beach, another pastor, like, he taught me about hard work. My dad, in a sense, he taught me about not being afraid to fail. My dad always said, hey, if, you, if you're not afraid, if you've never failed, you've never tried hard enough. And they were all those lessons that God used different people, they got me where I am today. And my prayer is that there's people in your life that you're looking up to or that you're learning from, and not becoming like them, but as much as they imitate Christ, we follow them. All right, so let's go back into the story of Elisha, or Elijah. Elijah goes, he calls Elisha, he says, follow me, and now he has his apprentice, he has this guy that he's teaching, but his ministry is not over. So if we go to um, 1 Kings chapter 21, Verse 17, we're not, we're not reading through all of Kings, we're doing a study on Elijah. One day maybe we'll go through the whole book. But this is kind of a, this is such an awesome part. Because remember, Elijah's whole ministry up until this point was kind of this. And in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 17, it kind of, you, you see something beautiful it says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, and he said, Arise, go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel, who is in Samaria. Behold, he's in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone to take possession. Ahab, if you read the first few verses, Ahab basically ripped this guy off. He did horrible things. Ahab was a horrible person who did horrible things. And in verse 19... It says, you shall say to him, thus says the Lord, have you killed him? He killed Naboth. He took his field. And you shall say to him, thus says the Lord, 
in the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick up your own blood. As we read on in that, in that passage, in verse 20, Ahab says, well, you found me? Oh my gosh, you found me? Trust me, God will always find you. You cannot hide from him. And so God used Elijah to, to bring this message. And what I want to say that is so awesome, skip down to verse 27. It said, when Ahab heard the words, when he heard Elijah's message, when he, when he heard that God was going to judge him, we see Elijah get a victory. Ahab heard the words, he tore his clothes, he put sackcloth on his flesh, he fasted, and he went about dejectedly. In verse 28, it says, The word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite again, saying, Have you seen how Ahab humbled himself? Because he's humbled himself, I will not bring the disaster in his days, but in his son's days. I will bring disaster upon his house. So what's interesting in this verse, in this, this end of this chapter, is Elijah accomplished what God had called him to accomplish. The whole time, the going up on the, the mountain and calling down fire and all these things, have kept being bad, but now Elijah was victorious. He was victorious because the guy repented and turned back to God. But who was right alongside him then? Elisha. He was there. He was watching how God is faithful. He had probably seen, he had probably heard about the battle on Mount Carmel with, the, with the, um, the fire from heaven. And now he sees Ahab get wicked and kill this guy and steal his property. But he sees how Elijah's faithfulness to God demonstrates God's faithfulness to him. And what he was hoping for happened. And Elijah is right there. Elisha is right there with him. I told you it would happen. That's why I call my nephew the wrong name all the time. But he was right there the whole time. And we're going to flip. Um, we're going to flip a little bit to Second Kings chapter one, verse sixteen. And we have baptisms in a few seconds, but I, but I just want to show you this. Another king is being wicked. Elijah was a prophet. It was his job to speak to the kings. And the word of the Lord comes to him again and says, um, this king had, had basically looked to a false god. He was looking to a false god for an answer. And Elijah wasn't going to let that happen. God spoke to him and said, what? Did you go look for Baalzebub? the God of Ekron? Is it because there's not a God in Israel? Surely die. Or you shall not come down from the bed you've gone up to, but you will surely die. In verse 17 it says, so he died according to the word of Elijah. Elijah was faithful. Elijah was teaching Elisha the power, his victory, his, his purpose was in knowing what God wanted him to do, knowing God's word, and putting it into practice. Next week, we're going to finish the story of Elijah. But, but I wanted you to see 
this discipleship relationship because it's, it's key to understanding the scripture. And I, and I think that God has a purpose in your life. And I, I just got to believe that there's people that you can reach that I will never be able to reach. There's people that you can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I hope that you find them. A few years ago, maybe like 1988 or 98, I'm not that old, 98, I met a really, really pretty woman in church. She's gorgeous. And I wanted her to know Jesus. So I invited her, well, me too, but it really did start with knowing Jesus. So I would invite her to my house. We had a, a small group. And I couldn't get her to come without her cousins and her little brother. And her little brother was always around. But if anybody in my life has imitated me as I've imitated he, he, he it's been that man back there. And he, he, he would be at all the small groups. He would learn about the Lord. He would be faithful. And now he gets to baptize his daughter. So I'm going to let you do it, guys. It's nice and cold. Um, so... <laughs> asked me if I was going to cry, and I was like, no, I'm good, and then uh, while we were like choked up, but um, Sophia came to us a couple weeks ago, and she was like, I want to get baptized, and we're like, what? You want to get baptized? She goes, yeah, and then so we, we've been talking to her about the whole uh, significance of baptism, and we're like, Sophia, so what does it mean to get baptized? She goes, you know, dunking, being dunked into the water and coming back up. And, and we were like, yeah, you know, what does it mean to you? She says, I just, I just want to get baptized because I want to serve God for all of the, for the rest of my life. Um, and as a parent, that's your desire, is that your kids fall in love with Christ. Um, so even at a young age, so that she, she has the understanding and the comprehension that there is a king and we serve that king and she wants to serve him for the rest of her life. Um, so I thank God for that. So, so what I want you to do now is I want you to cross your hands like we, like we showed you. There you go. Um, it's a great honor to be able to baptize you. Um, and, and my prayer for you is that your roots in this foundation would grow deep, would grow wide, and how we're separate from Christ, and that you would always understand how deep and how wide and how much Christ loves you. So I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord.
guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>